fine. In case we haven't met, you guys, I'm Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church. So glad that, uh, that you guys are here. And let's put our mission statement up on the screen and say it together. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. That is what Mercy Vineyard is all about. We're loving Jesus. We're loving our community. We're growing in Christ. And we're going. We're serving each other. We're serving our community. You guys, this last Saturday, we had the opportunity to do that. We have a program here for foster children. And uh, on Saturday... We had a group of foster teenagers with a group of volunteers from Mercy Vineyard uh, roller skating together. Yes, roller skating. I heard that Ryan pulled out the old moves from the 70s, 80s, the roller disco. I guess that was his thing. He just did the roller disco, the disco duck. I don't know if you all remember that, but that was a thing uh, back in the day. And uh, I heard about that. And then Wendy, she fell down. Yeah, she took a little spill. She got a little bruise right here. Right here. So, uh, but that is that. I, I I wish I could have been there. I'm actually a very good roller skater. I probably would have given Ryan a run for his money. I probably would have showed him the disco duck, the speed skate, the couple skate, if you wouldn't have minded. Um, and just, you know, we, all of those skates that we did back when I was a kid. And, and so, uh, this morning, we are actually starting a brand new five-part series on the kingdom of God. And I have to be honest with you, with this series, I've, uh, on one hand, I've been like, yes, okay. I mean, I, I really believe that that is God's word for the church for today. And then on the other hand, I've gone, but no, it's very difficult to speak about the kingdom of God. It is for me anyway. Uh, and here's why. And it's because the kingdom of God can be one of those things that are in, that's incredibly hard to wrap your brain around. I mean, just think about the name of the series, the now and the not yet. What does it even mean? How can something be now and be not yet, right? And so it can be very, 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 very difficult. And uh, it isn't always perceived as it should be. And just like we talked about the church, y'all remember, we just went through a series on the church. And you'll hear some ideas here overlap. But we talked about how the church... Uh, our perception of the church is often way off from what the church really is. And so the kingdom of God is a lot like that. It isn't always well understood, even though the kingdom of God is mentioned in the Bible over 200 times. Over 200 times. In fact, most of those mentions about the kingdom of God were mentioned by Jesus himself, talking about the kingdom. And so it's still not very well perceived. Um, and I kind of think about it like, so I, I started this, this strange little health practice a few years ago. And, uh, and it's, it, I spend about a half an hour just breathing, just, just like taking deep breaths for like a half an hour. And, and then I'll do something weird like jump in an ice bath or, or a cold shower or something like Has anybody ever heard of that, the Wim Hof? Method? Okay, a couple people. And so uh, I started kind of doing this thing, and I noticed that um, – it, this obscure little practice was really making a difference in, in my health. And I, my perception was, is this is this strange little thing. Only a handful of people are doing it. Nobody really knows about it. It's because, you know, I saw some weird Dutch guy on YouTube doing it, and I bought his course. And then I, I joined this, this Facebook group, and at the moment, there was like 200,000 people in this Facebook group. It was crazy. I didn't know. I was like, holy cow, this thing is like global. 
And uh, so my perception went from, here's this little thing nobody really knows about to, it's everywhere. Holy cow, it's everywhere. And I think that the kingdom is sometimes like that. We, we think it's this sort of obscure little topic in scripture that it's sort of like, okay, Jesus mentioned it and we, we, we don't really understand what the kingdom is. And it goes from like, when we understand what the kingdom is, we go from, oh, that's pretty cool to that's awesome. That's awesome when we really understand what it is. And so sometimes when we discover something we feel pretty familiar with, it's actually much more amazing than we actually thought. And maybe you've had an experience like that. I don't know. I, I tend to appreciate those, those experiences where, where my mind is kind of blown a little bit. Like, wow, mind blown, right? And I hope that this is uh, what it's like for you guys, learning about the kingdom over the next few weeks. It's just like, wow, mind blown. And I'm very excited about it. Wendy's actually going to speak in two weeks. She's going she's gonna to teach the entire church the five-step prayer model. Woo. Yeah. So, like, if you want to learn how to pray for other people, be here for that. It is awesome. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, and then, actually, in a, in a few weeks, Pat Street is going to come. And he's going to talk about the kingdom. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, Pat probably has uh, a greater knowledge on this subject than anybody else I know. And I can't wait to hear him come and speak. And so uh, I pray, really, that over the coming weeks that your eyes are just going to be open to see God's kingdom more clearly. That it's going to be like that. And you're going to have a greater perspective. And so let me pray real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump into Scripture. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you for your presence here today. We love you so much. And Lord, I pray that your word would come alive in us today. That we wouldn't just hear it, but God, it would soak into us and transform us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're, we're going to start off by, uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. And uh, a lot of theologians believe that this scripture was sort of like the beginning, like the inauguration of the kingdom of God. Y'all know what an inauguration is, right? You know, when we, when we get a new president, there's a big inauguration day where all of a sudden that president now is in power, right? And so it's the inauguration of the kingdom of God on earth, and Jesus gets baptized, and I love that what he does is he just, he makes one of his, per, his first public sermons. Whoosh, baptized, go makes a public sermon. It says, one day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him later on after Jesus was, after John was arrested. Jesus went to Galilee and he preached the good, God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. Jesus is making this announcement. Kingdom is here, right? The time promised by God is here at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So it was this moment. It was that defining moment in Jesus' life, Jesus' ministry. You got to remember that Jesus was only here on the earth for 33 years. And to this day, here we are 2,000 years later, and we're all still celebrating him. 
I'd say that this was a significant event, right? <laughs> in fact, in my sociology, my college sociology course, my, my college, my sociology professor was not a Christian, but he adamantly argued that Jesus was the most influential person on earth ever, 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 ever. And it's because he came and announced and inaugurated the kingdom of God. All right? So if you remember one thing, I want you to remember this about the kingdom of God today, and that's that the kingdom of God is God's authority exercised. And we're going we're gonna to kind of break that down a little bit. The kingdom of God is God's authority exercised. Like I said, we have, we have so many misconceptions about the kingdom of God. Sometimes we think of the kingdom of God like it's heaven. Oh, you know, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. And we put like sort of this equal sign between heaven and the kingdom of God. No, that's not it. Not it. The kingdom of God is God's authority exercised. And the crazy thing, as I mentioned before, is that the kingdom is, it, it, it's here and it's also coming. It's here. Now, think about anything else in your life. When you yell into the other room and you, you yell at your son, your teenage son, and you go, hey, come here. And they go, coming. Is it the same as here? If you're a parent, no. No, definitely not, right? Right? So in any other thing, if you were to say, hey, come here, and they say coming, you're like, you're not here. But with the kingdom, it's here and it's coming. I can't wrap my brain around that, okay? I just got to say, I'm just a simple guy. I get up in the morning, I scratch my belly, I chase my tail. I, you know, I just I go downstairs, I have a little kibble. Wendy tells me that's normal. And so I'm just a simple guy. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But that's the crazy thing. It's here and it's coming. Jesus said that the time promised is here. And then he said that the kingdom is also near. And so we have this picture of the now and the not yet. The present and the coming. And so here's the thing. Jesus kicked off the kingdom of God. He inaugurated the kingdom of God when he started preaching, when he started healing, when he started forgiving. But the kingdom won't be here in its fullness until it until he returns. And then when he returns, it will no longer be now and not yet. It'll just be now. It'll, it'll just be here. And so I know a lot of times in my life, and for this church, for Mercy Vineyard, on a very regular basis, I pray, God, let us see more now. More now. God, show us some more now. That would be awesome. We want to see more now. And, uh, and so we want to see more now. So in the meantime, the church, and we talked a couple weeks ago, the church is the community that receives and expresses the kingdom of God on earth. That's what the church is. So what is the church? Is it a bunch of people that get together? No. A bunch of people who sing? Yeah. Is it, you know, is it all these things? Yeah. Here's what the church is. It's the community that receives and expresses the kingdom of God on earth. We're, we're it. That's awesome, right? We are his kingdom representatives. That's what the church is. We are his kingdom representatives. So when we gather together, we gather together as kingdom people. We gather together as people that are saying, Lord, now and come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I think it's awesome. Again, if we truly understood what the church is, and I've been saying this for weeks, if we truly understand, understood what the church was, we would be in awe. Like when Sunday morning rolled around, we couldn't wait to get here. If we really understood what the church was, it would be, I mean, there would be nothing else in our life that even compares. We'd just be like, I gotta be there. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's the kingdom of God received and expressed on earth. What an incredible privilege and honor. Nothing compares. Nothing compares at all. Okay. And so, uh, we could unpack what that means for years. 
and still really not understand. <laughs> but I'm going to hit on just three things. There's three things I just want to hit on this morning. And, and the first thing is, is that churches are outposts of God's kingdom. Let's talk about what the church. The church, churches are outposts of God's kingdom. What does that mean? I mean, think about, you know, uh, Jerusalem back in Jesus' day. Who ruled Jerusalem during Jesus' day? The Romans, thank you, yes. So the Romans ruled Jerusalem in Jesus' day. Well, was Jerusalem in Rome? Yes or no? No, no. But the Romans ruled Jerusalem during Jesus' day because Jerusalem was a Roman outpost. was a Roman outpost, okay? So you're following me here? And so churches are outposts of the kingdom of God. Think about that. That means this space, these people are ruled by heavenly rule. They're ruled by God, right? Okay. So we, the church, we're the people who acknowledge the rule and reign of Jesus. That's what we do. We acknowledge the rule and reign of Jesus. Jesus is our king. And like I said, the church is the community that receives and expresses the kingdom of God, and we're his representatives. Um, I was listening to uh, martial arts. Anybody ever take, like, karate? Anybody take anybody take taekwondo? Anybody take that? A couple people? Yeah, I know. I got some taekwondo, right? I was listening to a guy talk about that. He was talking about... Uh, uh, you know, the value of enrolling kids in, in, you know, martial arts, taekwondo specifically, all that kicking. It just makes my back hurt thinking about it, right? And he said something about, you know, the, the martial arts in this little interview about how, and the martial arts, they value things like, you know, honor and respect and all those things. And uh, it's very, very interesting. And he said that the, that the martial arts are the last bastion of honor and discipline and, and self-defense in our country. And I was so, so, so impressed by his statement that I had to go look up the word bastion. Um, I have to admit, didn't know what that meant. <laughs> that sounded cool though, right? Bastion, I think we need to, that sounds like the name of a, of a corporation, you know, or something. We need to start a business called Bastion Industries or something. But here's what it means. A bastion is an institution, a place or person strongly defending or upholding particular principles, attitudes, or activities. Sounds a lot like a church, right? Kind of sounds like a church is a bastion in our community, that uh, like a church, we strongly uphold principles, attitudes, and activities of the kingdom of God. And I think it's so important that we have bastions of God's kingdom, that we have outposts of God's kingdom in a culture that becomes increasingly darker. We need bastions, right? We need the kingdom of God. And sometimes people tend to think that becoming a Christian is kind of like joining a country club, right? Because a lot of people, what happens is they become a Christian and they assume a particular church culture. And, and, and so it's like, uh, I, get to, I get to go and be a part of that church or I get to, uh, you know, receive all this great stuff. I get great stuff from God and his people and it's wonderful and I receive his peace and all those things. And, and that's true. But really, I, I found that becoming a Christian is far less like joining a country club and far more like joining the Navy. You know, it's a lot more like joining the Navy than a country club. Uh, it, it's because when we understand becoming a kingdom person, we, we discipline ourselves to grow strong in the Lord. Wouldn't you consider those in the military disciplined? I would say so. 
I know a lot of people who went into the military with no discipline and came out like 30 pounds lighter, twice as fast, you know, all that discipline paid off. It's pretty amazing, right? I discipline myself to grow strong in the Lord. I make war against the devil's kingdom through prayer, serving and loving others, expanding God's kingdom in my city. It's a lot more like joining the Navy than a country club. It really, 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 really is. And so God's uh, churches are outposts of his kingdom. And so the second thing is that the church lives by kingdom standards and not the world standards. It's so important that when you're from a different kingdom, you live by different standards. If you've ever traveled, if you've ever been to another country, so Ryan, when you go to another country, they have different standards, yes or no? Yes, <laughs> you know, completely different. And so we're a part of a different country, you might say. We're a part of a different kingdom. And the kingdom of God lives by different standards than the world's standards. In John 17, 16 through 18, Jesus is praying for believers everywhere. And he says to the Father, they do not belong to this world any more than I do. Right? They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And so when Jesus announced the kingdom, he said to what? One of the biggest announcements. When Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God, he says, he said, the kingdom of God is near, so repent. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. All right? Turn away from sinful practices and believe in him. And so in a world that's divisive, in a world that's hedonistic, that's fearful, that's unbelieving, that's unloving, God calls us to be what? Peacemaking, walk in holiness, to have faith, to have hope, to love others like Jesus did. He tells us basically to live completely different. I think a lot of us, uh, especially if you've ever watched Seinfeld, Remember the episode where George decided to do everything the opposite and his life turned around and everything was wonderful? I think if we all just did that, if we just kind of started there, <laughs> we'd see some real change in our world, right? We all just sort of did the opposite. And so the church is a countercultural movement. The church is a countercultural movement, and as a bastion for the kingdom of God, we should look different by the way that we do relationships. We should look different by the way we show generosity. We should look different by the way that we practice spiritual disciplines and lovingly help others come to the kingdom of God. Yeah. I, 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 you guys, I'll read it again. I'll give you one more chance. The church is a countercultural movement. We should look different by the way that we do relationships, by the way that we show generosity, by the way that we practice disciplines, and lovingly help others join the kingdom of God. Amen. Yeah, okay, thank you. Better, 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 better. Love it. Okay? So uh, uh, if you're running sound, I want you to delete before the other part where nobody said anything, and then we'll come back. Okay, so you might be thinking, but this is so hard. This is so hard, right? You might be thinking, this is so hard. You know, that what you're talking about just sounds overwhelming. It sounds so difficult. It sounds so hard. And that kind of brings me to this last point, And that's that Jesus gives his kingdom subjects power. 
Jesus gives us power. When you, when you join Jesus' kingdom, he equips you and he empowers you to be a part of it. Isn't that awesome? Yes, yes. He gives you power. In John 14, 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. So Jesus is saying, I'm gonna, I, everything that I'm asking you to do, I am giving you the power to do. Yeah? What God guides, he provides. Yeah? And so then in Luke 24, 49, Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit who fills us with power. Oh, see, his kingdom is a power kingdom. His kingdom is an advancing kingdom. And so God doesn't just say, look, I got a bunch of new standards for you to live by. I got a mission for you to live out. Uh, but he says, also, my power is at your disposal to do these things. My power. And so by uh, uh, th- this, this power that we're talking about, in order for it to... Um, be effective, it has to be exercised, right? Authority and power must be exercised in order for it to be effective. It's not enough to just have power, right? It's I, So many of us, I think it's almost like we're carrying a big battery around in our pocket, but we're never putting it in anything, <laughs> you know? It's like, what good is it? What good is a battery in our pocket? But God gives us power, and he says to go and do it. But guess what? You're not going to experience his power, until you exercise it, right? And so if someone comes to me and says, hey, Lee, would you pray for me? I need healing, right? I don't go, tell you what, you go sit down. I'm going to wait for power. I'm just, you go sit down and wait, and when the power comes on me, I'll come over and pray for you. That's not how it works. But here's what happens. Because we get so scared, don't we? We're, we're, always a, we're always afraid to exercise power because we're afraid that if some miracle doesn't happen, then we blew it and we're embarrassed and we made ourselves look bad and the church looked bad and Jesus looked bad and blah, 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 right? But here's what happens is we go over and we pray for that person and a lot of times the power comes. Sometimes the power doesn't come, but that does that mean we don't pray for people? Uh, Steve Nichols. Uh, if you guys uh, know him, great vineyard pastor. Uh, uh, he pastored the Evanston Vineyard for years and years and years and years and years. When I see him pray for people, I see power move all the time. And uh, we were talking one day, and he said, no. He said, actually, I probably pray for about, uh, uh, out of 100 people that I pray for, I see about two of them get healed. But isn't it worth it for those two people that got healed? I'd rather pray for 100 people to see two people get healed than pray for nobody and see nobody get healed. But power, to be effective, it has to be exercised. God calls his kingdom people to exercise his power. He says, I'm giving you power. Now exercise it. Step out in faith. Do something in faith. Do something uncomfortable, right? And so uh, he promises to, to, to give us his power. When we pray for somebody to he- be healed, when we pray for freedom, when we pray for our community, when we pray for each other, We are exercising God's authority. And in order for his authority to be effective, it has to be exercised. So we have to exercise authority. So when we make a decision to live lives of holiness, we're exercising God's authority. Yeah? When we tell the enemy he doesn't have authority over our families, we're having, we're exercising God's authority. Okay? And so here's the thing that we have to understand. And I think that... uh, 
I'm going to make a little personal commentary here. This is not in my notes. <laughs> but I think way, 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 way too many people live in this sort of victim mentality. Like, we're victims, and we're like, oh, you know, the devil's just attacking me. The devil's all over me. Boy, you know, the devil's really been, he's really been getting on me today. Boy, the devil. <laughs> you have the authority. Why don't you just tell him where to go? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I've been there before. I've been there before as well. And I'll just show you just a quick story. But I remember we had uh, something happen at our house years and years ago. Back Way back when we were living in Rock Island, somebody broke into our car and stole some things out of our car. And uh, I remember in that moment, if you've ever had somebody break into your house or if you've ever had somebody break into your car, it's a like, real violating feeling. And it's so unfair, you know, because you're like, I worked my butt off for this stuff and they just came and took it, right? And, and I remember, like, after that, I started, well, I got to do some research on alarm systems. I better do some research on, you know, uh, all, all these things, you know, secret safes in my house and whatever. And I just remember that over the, like, the next couple of weeks after somebody broke into our car, just feeling more fearful and more, like, on edge and more like, oh, you know. And I realized one day, because I, I was driving home from work, I was driving home from work, and I'm singing, and, I, and I've got some worship music in my car, and I'm like, you know, just having a good time with the Lord in my car. You know, the car makes a wonderful little worship sanctuary, doesn't it? Yeah. And so I'm driving, I'm just listening to some worship music, I'm praising God, and I get close to my house, and as soon as I get, like, just the other side of my driveway, that those feelings of fear just sort of came over me again. And I went, oh. That's a spirit of fear. That's the enemy's kingdom trying to take some ground at my house. I'm not into that, right? Now, I could have went, man, the devil's just really attacking me. He's all over me, you know. I'm just a victim. I'm just, I'm just I'm like this helpless victim, and the devil just is always getting on me. And, you know, all these things, right? I could have done that, but instead, you know what I did? I, kinda, I got angry. I got a little angry. And, and I pulled the car into the driveway, and I got out of my car, and I said, before I get in that house, I'm going to walk the four corners of the property, and I'm going to tell the devil to go to heck. We got kids here. We got kids here. And so I did. I walked around the property, and I was rebuking the enemy, exercising God's authority, welcoming his presence on my property, welcoming his presence in my home, welcome, you know, rebuking and binding and kicking out a spirit of fear. You're out of here. I'm, you know, and because I'm not, I wasn't going to play the victor, or the victim. I wasn't going to play the victim. Just making sure you're paying attention, right? We're not the victims here. We are not the victims just making it through life till we can finally get to old Beulah land, right? That is not what we're about. We're the conquerors here. We're the conquerors here, right? We're part of the winning kingdom. You know, when Jesus said upon this rock, I'll, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen gates go and fight things. <laughs> gates are not offensive, right? And so our job is to psh, go straight through them, right? And so we're part of the winning kingdom. We have kingdom power and we get to exercise it. Amen? So you guys, what we're going to do, we get to exercise a little kingdom authority here today by, by doing baptisms. So if you're getting baptized, you need to go change now. If you're going to change. If you're not going to change, don't worry about it. 
but uh, because we're going to baptize you in about three minutes. Um, but I just want to send out this invitation as we, as we transition into the baptisms. And, you know, I don't know uh, if you're, a, I don't know you guys. I don't, I, some of you guys know, I know some of you guys I don't, but, you know, if, if you're thinking, I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not really, I don't think I'm a part of that kingdom that you're talking about, then I, I want to invite you into the kingdom this morning. I want you to invite you. And what does that mean when we become a part of Jesus' kingdom? That means that we allow Jesus to be our king. And here's the cool thing. When we become a part of his kingdom, we invite him to be our king. We experience his forgiveness of sins. We experience his freedom. We experience his power in, his, in, our, in our lives. And, uh, and it's just a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And so um, what I'm going to do, because... Uh, let me just do this. I just want to say a simple prayer. Can we say a simple prayer together? Let's say a simple prayer together. So I'm just going to pray. You guys just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, this morning, I come into your kingdom. Be my king. Be my Lord. I want to follow you all my life. I surrender my will. I surrender my ways. I take on yours. Forgive me for all my sins. Make me new. Make me clean. Make me more like you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. 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 So, Hey, if you prayed that this morning for like the first time, or maybe it's been a long time and you have not been, you've, maybe you kind of like walked away from this kingdom and you prayed that prayer this morning, would, would you do me a favor? Just like grab a connection card and write down your name and, and check a little box and, and throw it behind the coffee counter and I'll get it and I'll reach out to you. But uh, I'm so excited, you guys. We're going to baptize a couple people. So excited. Wendy's going to help me. Isn't she pretty? She's just full of kingdom beauty. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to come over here. First of all, I apologize. Remember I was talking about the Wim Hof method, the ice baths earlier? That's what I thought we were doing. And uh, so I did leave a, a heater in there for a couple hours. Uh it might have broke. So, um, oh, so we give them their words before they get in. Yeah? That's the kind thing to do. <laughs> okay, okay. So I, we're going to do Evan first. Yeah. And I'm so excited, you guys. Evan, come on, come on up here. Yeah. You don't have to get in just yet. We got, we got, a, uh, we got a couple of words for you. Um, I'm so excited. You know, Evan came to Mercy about... Well, just a couple of weeks after he gave his life to Jesus, and he kind of stumbled in here with his brother one day, and uh, <laughs> and uh, just he's been great to get to know and and hear his heart for Jesus, and like first thing he said to me, he goes, "What can I do?" Like he's been here like a week. What can I do? And uh, and he started serving at camp, and then he became a mentor, and he's mentoring a foster kid, this wonderful foster kid. Uh, he, he's, I, I'm not supposed to pick favorites, but he's probably my favorite. Uh, 
but <laughs> he's just amazing. We've got some, uh, we've got a couple of words that some prayer team has been praying for you this week and uh, they feel like they've got a, a couple of words for you. And so we're going to share them with you real quick. Yeah, just some things that they felt like God might be saying to you. So um, one of them was just a word, literally a word um, when they prayed for you, but they just heard the word example. And so um, allow God to speak to you about that, whatever he would say. Um, another one was says, um, as I was praying for Evan, his image came to mind and he had a big smile <laughs> that was so contagious that I couldn't help but smile back at him. And I got the sensation that God smiles when he looks on him too. God loves your willingness to serve your fellow man and your joyful enthusiasm so that just being around you lightens the atmosphere around you. I sense that God wants you to know that you are enough. Just being an encouraging presence so attached to God will help you to do amazing things for your Savior. You, Evan, are his son, whom he loves, and whom he is well pleased. Uh, another word for you. Yes. Um, this one says, yeah. Um, the first word that they got for you is that you have a family now. Um, but as they sat with that, this is what was developed from it sounds like familiar you are a son of god most high you are an adopted son you are honored you are valued and you are deeply wanted and they saw a picture of a throne room and all the nobles of the kingdom the kingdom are gathered in order to see the ceremony you are the reason for the ceremony happening right now because of your baptism and your declaration of faith in christ they're having this ceremony in the kingdom. And the king is proudly and publicly proclaiming, this is my son. This is the prince. Which I thought was I was crazy. literally just getting the word prince. Like literally just that. I was literally just getting the word like prince in my heart as, as when he was reading those words. Like, you know, almost, uh, how do we even put this? But just like noble stature noble stature and just yeah let that ruminate i'm not going to try to expound on that or explain it. i just want you to you know just ponder that in your heart for a while so yeah wow that's know. right that's right yeah that's right so you had something you wanted to share with us yeah sure um is this yes it does work um acts twenty six sixteen. Jesus is talking to Paul. He says, now get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. Awesome. Love it. All right, bro. So here, what are you going to do? You put your head up here and uh, right there. Your feet down that way and head this way. That is cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just get in. I'll say a quick prayer for you, and uh, we'll dunk you down. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. Have a seat, buddy. You can just have a seat, and keep your feet down on that end. Yes. Oh, yeah, there we go. 
Breathe. Breathe. Okay, hold on. Don't go, don't go down yet. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I'm going to pray for you. And then, and then, uh, you, then you can put your hand on your nose and you can put your other hand on your shoulder. And then I'll, I'll get you down. Okay, I'm going to pray fast. Okay. Father, we love you. We just bless Evan, Lord, mightily. Lord God, I pray that he would walk in uh, spiritual princely authority. God, that um, he would he would never be afraid to exercise that authority. Lord, I pray that um, your blessing would be on him just so much. In Jesus' name, Evan, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All right. All right, my friend. (laughs) You got this. You got this. That's okay. If if you get water on the floor, it's all right. It's okay. (laughs) All right. Go put on some warm, dry clothes. We got next. We got kale. Yes. All right. Kale. Yeah, yeah, your mom can hold it for you. Good job. Good job handing it off to your mom. <laughs> uh, All right, Kale. Uh, so what they heard from God for you, a few things. Um, there was one that got the word that you are going to be um, an example to youth to your peers the people around you um this one says when i was lifting caleb in prayer i saw a picture of mighty mouse (laughs) but instead of mighty mouse's head it was kale (laughs) (laughs) and when seeking revelation about what that could mean i felt like god was showing us literally who he created kale to be strong and mighty Able to do amazing things, clever, fast, someone who others look up to and who they can count on for help. Also, because Mighty Mouse was a cartoon, I felt like God wanted you to always embrace your playful side. Sometimes as we grow into adults, we, we feel like we can't be silly anymore, but that's who God created you to be. So people will delight in you and in your good humor. And then the other one, hand me the mic. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, this one says, the first thing I heard for you was Holy Spirit Ninja. Ah. So <laughs> God wants you to let him be the architect of your mind. Do you know what an architect is? Someone who builds something. They're the ones who who create the designs for the building. So God wants you to let him, like, be the one who builds your mind, okay? When God is your architect, you can easily dismiss and bounce off the lies of the enemy, our culture, and our world. So that's how you will become a Holy Spirit ninja, okay? Samurai are about honor and tradition, and as a ninja, you don't have time for that. You you, you go in, spiritually speaking, and you get the job done. That's who you are, 
So go in, you expose the lie, and you get out. <laughs> so you are going to know truth is what I'm hearing the Father say, is that the truth is going to be um, so clear to you that you won't have any time for lies. You can just get rid of them right away. Sounds a little bit like someone else I know. <laughs> and this is, I feel like this is a word that will grow as you get older too, and that this is just the beginning of something growing inside. Yeah, okay. yeah I kind of have, Kale, I, I, I keep like two words, and and they're just, yeah, not spicy sausage. It's a... <laughs> These two words, and it's like, I keep rolling it around in my mind, like, okay. But the best way that I could describe it is holy nonconformity. So not just nonconformity for nonconformity's sake, but holy nonconformity. So when your friends are off doing something that is not holy, you're like, whatever, and I really don't care what they think. I'm not doing that. And when other people are like, they don't want to be generous, you're like, whatever, take what I got. Okay, so like, it's this holy nonconformity that I'm seeing, almost to the point of like, like holy, and I don't want to use the word recklessness because we don't want to be reckless, but just a holy. So like, when you see somebody hurting, you would be the guy going, I'm going to tell that person about Jesus because I'm not afraid of anything. And so that's kind of what I'm seeing is these two words, this holy nonconformity, and instead of marrying those two ideas. And that's you. Yeah? Just say yes. <laughs> and so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to say a quick prayer for you, and you're going to get in here. And uh, you might start shivering. You might start feeling tired, faint. You might, like the... the Everything might start turning black around you. That's okay. It's just normal. It's just the cold. It's not that cold. And, and then your dad's going to pray for you, and your dad's going to baptize you. Okay? Okay? Okay. So I'm going to pray for you first. Some of you want to come and just put your hand on Caleb. In the way. Okay. All right. God, I lift up Caleb to you, and I pray, Lord, that um, you would infuse him with those that idea of just holy nonconformity. God, I pray that you would give him um, a clear vision of the next sort of 50 years of walking with you. That he would see that of just walking closely with you as forever friend. And God, I pray that you would fill him with your spirit. And Lord, um, and give him that sort of gift of a prophet. Lord, walking so different. Not afraid to be like John the Baptist. Not afraid to be like Elijah. Lord, fill him with your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, buddy. So go in. Feet, you can let your you can let your feet touch the end there. So go sit down, put your feet there. It's not that bad. Evan was just kind of. <laughs> so go ahead and face that way. You got it. You got it. And scooch down that way so that there's room to dunk you. 
Mm-hmm. Keep going. God, I thank you for Kale, and please help him as he takes this next step in his walk with you. Help him to realize the uh, potential that you have planned for him and to just passionately seek that. Kale, baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Love it, love it, love it. So we are going to invite the worship team to come back. And um, we're going to worship as we wrap up this morning. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you all stand with me? Let's say a quick prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for inviting us into your kingdom, for adopting us as sons and daughters. God, you're so awesome. Lord, thank you for those today who have decided to go public with walking with you, being forever changed. God, be honored with our praise, be glorified. Let your kingdom become more and more now in our lives every day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer for anything, the prayer team is in the back. They would love to pray for you. Any needs you might have, anything you want agreement with, they would love to do that. So feel free to do that while we sing.